0: Welcome, Dennis Stewart. We have had a lot of debate around at the moment about the use of cannabis in certain conditions, Mm, mm, medical uses. What's mm. your opinion on this?
1: Well, I have an opinion on it, Jane. Um, First of all, I would uh, like to point out to listeners that in fact in today's local paper there's uh, an advertisement pertaining to a seminar that's to be held on this topic tomorrow at the Shortland Wetlands Centre should be a good seminar. Um, My view on on this is that there is a genuine uh, interest in the use of this plant, which is a herb, uh, to be used in serious medical conditions. And I support, I support that interest and believe, I firmly believe, that cannabis sativa, commonly known as marijuana, but cannabis sativa, has a role to play in medicine today in the same way that other medicinal plants in the past have proven to be useful in in modern health care. So I want to take up that topic, and I think uh, listeners would appreciate that when we're talking about uh, cannabis sativa being used as a medicinal plant, we are giving no support whatsoever to its use as a recreational drug, and I'm one of those people that have seen the consequences of the abuse of this particular herb, when used recreationally, but as far as its medicinal application goes, I'm a firm believer that it warrants serious usage today.
0: Dennis, it's a controversial topic: mm. the use of cannabis it medicinally. Is. It and... is.
1: It is controversial, but I'd like to put it in in a context. Um, many plants have made their way into our modern pharmacopoeia and are used seriously and necessarily in medicine. For instance, one of the most popular uh, drugs used to treat congestive cardiac failure is based on digitalis, commonly known as foxglove. Probably the most valuable, uh, or one of the most valuable medicines that we have, particularly for sedating pain and coping with the excruciating drama and pain of terminal illness, is of course morphine, and it's derived from the opium poppy. So what I'm leading to is this, that cannabis sativa should be seen as potentially another member of a group of medicinal herbs that in the past have been used medically and presently, interestingly with cannabis sativa, is presently being used medically and is well documented in serious medical literature as well as some of the older editions of the British Pharmaceutical Codex. What I'm trying to say is its role should be seen as a member of a team, a a herb that's well known, a herb that in the past has even been used medically and is so defined in the British Pharmaceutical Codex. There is a formula there that converts the dried herb into a dose-based preparation. So it's already documented in a text that I have used for all my lecturing career, a text by Rudolf Weiss. We've used his references constantly on this program. Weiss takes up cannabis sativa as a medical practitioner and points out its modern potential use in treating conditions like glaucoma, where it has the potential to reduce intraocular pressures, where it's also used in addressing some of the, the nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy procedures, there are other uses as well. I can remember in my rooms, Jane, uh, probably 15 years ago, a gentleman from the countryside who was ex- experiencing considerable peripheral neuropathy uh, that had defied all medical treatments. And then he as a conservative farming gentleman was introduced to cannabis sativa. And it was the only thing that gave him relief from his peripheral neuropathy and the purpose of his coming to see me was not to be supplied with it, (laughs) far be it, but to find out if there was a way in which cannabis sativa could be more medically prepared and taken in a better dose form. And I was able to help him by referring him to an edition of the British Pharmaceutical Codex, which gave that methodology. So what am I saying? I'm saying the literature is already there supporting its use. It is being used medically today, and I support wholeheartedly this serious attempt to bring it on board as a potentially useful medically prescribed drug, let me emphasise that, medically prescribed drug, where I believe it will it will do us proud.
0: And we'll go to your calls. Now, Barry has rung in from Cameron Park. Hello, Barry.
2: Hello. Hello, Barry. Uh, my question is, my 17-year-old daughter, we've only found out the last six weeks she has lymphedema yes. in her right
1: foot. Yes, yes. Um, so I'm sort of asking what we may be able okay. to give them. Okay, Barry, th- there is a, a real possibility of being able to uh, help your daughter here. Uh, lymphedema, for the sake of listeners that aren't familiar with the condition, is essentially a build-up of fluid, if we like to put it that way, usually in a limb, and usually either well, usually the the periphery we might refer to as the foot or the leg. It's a common condition seen uh, in in many women that have um, breast procedures where the lymph glands are removed from the axilla. Um, They sometimes get what's called lymphedema, a a build-up of lymphatic fluid uh, which causes pain and and swelling of the limb. Um, There is a way of of helping this, and it's two-pronged. Um, The most important thing would be to appreciate the potential use of what are called bioflavonoids. Now, bioflavonoids, you must have heard me frequently talk about them on the program, bioflavonoids are safe substances. They are extracted from fruits, vegetables, and herbs. And one of them in particular called RUTIN, R-U-T-I-N, has a reputation for improving peripheral lymphatic circulation and is the basis of many uh, popular over-the-counter and even natural medicine prescription uh, preparations. Um, So you need to get hold of a preparation that contains rutin, and one preparation that does contain it is a preparation called lymphodran. Lymphodran. Now, that is usually only available from a practitioner's, Premise, although I think you'll find at Warner's Bay in the health food store there, they may have in their dispensary, in the practitioner dispensary there, they may have Lymphodram, which is a very useful and successful product based on that particular bioflavonoid. The other thing I would say is that there is a herb called uh, horse chestnut. Now, horse chestnut is very popularly used in natural medicine also to promote better lymphatic circulation and is frequently combined with the bioflavonoid to improve that situation. The good thing about it is both those recommendations are very safe, they're very economical, and in my opinion have a good chance of alleviating the condition. So, Dennis, would it be wise to make a booking with you and come in and look at my daughter? Uh, I think that would probably be wiser. And you can do that, of course, by ringing my number on 49562321. And I can speak somewhat authoritatively on this topic, Barry, because my wife uh, has had um, a a breast procedure which has left her with a degree of lymphedema and she has been helped greatly uh, by what I've been talking about.
0: And this is Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. Your call's welcome. We are talking about the use of cannabis sativa, I believe. Is that what
1: it is? That's the botanical name for yes, it. Um, for marijuana. Uh, Jane. Known as and, hemp and or marijuana. Uh, It's interesting. Whilst there are a number of different um, varieties, um, that means subspecies, if you like, um, what will eventually happen, and what I suspect is happening now around the world where the interest in, in, in the herb is accelerating um, as far as its potential medical use is concerned, that what will happen is a, a variety of these uh, species will be developed, which will become universally accepted as containing uh, a level of active chemistry that will allow the pharmaceutical industry to have a reliable source of starting material in order to convert that commercially grown uh, and, and government-monitored crop into a reliable standardized pharmaceutical drug that's how i see it going and it might be interesting uh, for listeners to know that if you go to various parts of, of of australia particularly tasmania you'll see the opium poppy being grown commercially vast acres of the of the opium poppy now that opium poppy uh, would be a particular variety that has been standardized and accepted as being the the yardstick uh, for extracting the alkaloid morphine from it, which becomes the basis of morphine medications. And what I suspect will happen, this is interesting topic, what I suspect will happen is that just as when you drive past these plantations of the opium poppy, you have big signs on the fence uh, w- warning you <laughs> of, of the dangers of trespass, so I suspect, I suspect that when the uh, commercial growing of marijuana begins and I believe that will be soon and I would encourage it so that we can be the world leaders in it I dare say that we'll have the same degree of monitoring that those uh, farmers that grow the opium poppy have on their particular crop as a matter of interest um, my wife and myself went to Tasmania years ago and I was in the high point of my teaching career and everywhere we we go and still do. We, get, we try to get samples of some of the medicinal herbs that grow in these regions. Well, we stopped beside uh, a great property that was growing, the opium poppy, and we weren't picking anything. We're on the other side of the fence, but we're photographing the whole thing. And I kid you not, I kid you not, within five minutes... Within five minutes, we had vehicles coming from everywhere asking us what we were doing and i'm not sure they believed us when we said that we were just photographing the property. I think they might have thought we were collecting something but but uh, to get to get back to your question there with with reference to to marijuana we've spoken about a couple of its potential uses when used as a, as a pharmaceutical drug um, We should go over those one area where it has potentially used is as an alternative psychotropic medication. And that is we've spoken about its purported benefits, and I'll use that terminology because I don't want to sound as if I'm a know-all on this, but we've spoken about its purported possibilities when used as oral medication uh, to help lower intraocular pressures in stubborn glaucomas. We've spoken about its claimed benefit in addressing peripheral neuropathy Um, We've also spoken about its claimed benefit in addressing the nausea and the vomiting that sometimes is associated with with cancer therapies. Uh, There would be many other uses, but there is a good rendition of popular conditions for which this medicinal herb, in my opinion, in the future will be used.
0: Excellent. And 49216216 is the number for you to ring for your question or comment. Sandra, thank you for waiting. Um, You've rung in from Warners Bay. Yes, I have. Thank you. Hello, Sandra. Hello, Dennis. Um, Dennis, um, my mother has dermatitis on her forehead. Yes. And it's very itchy, of course. Yes. And uh, I wondered if there's anything you could suggest for that. Okay.
1: Look, one of the the best things that I could recommend... um, and I can say one of the best things because only yesterday in my rooms at New Lampton, I saw an elderly lady who a month or so ago presented with very, very severe seborrheic dermatitis on the forehead. Very similar, I suspect, to your mother's eczema. Dermatitis and eczema pretty similar in their symptoms. And one month of using what's called the GA cream... Had turned that lady's forehead into something that was just magnificent. So I would okay. suggest that the G A cream, which a. you must, cream. which you must have heard me talk about, the G A cream is is a, a preparation based on an extract of licorice, and oh. that that might seem rather strange because one would think of smothering your mother's forehead with a with a gooey um, licorice uh, t- type of preparation. Well, it's not like that. Just as a moment a moment ago we were talking about. Um, plants that were uh, making a a place in modern medicine, all of those plants have what we call phytochemicals or chemical constituents in them, which have what's called a pharmacological effect within the body, which in turn precipitates a physiological effect. Now, with licorice, it contains a substance called glycotinic acid, sometimes called glycorrhizan. Technically, that's what we refer to as a glycoside, but I don't want to bore you. I guess what I'm saying is what happens with licorice, which again, for the interest of of listeners, is grown commercially all around the world. Grown all around the world. What happens with uh, glabra, as is its botanical name, is that it is processed and from it is extracted uh, a substance called glycrotinic acid, which is the basis of the GA cream. Now, the history of the GA cream is quite fascinating. Um, As far as I'm aware, um, I'm the only one, uh, how can I call it, using it. As far as I'm aware, I'm the only one that uh, led to its renaissance in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, because what happened was at, at, at a time when glycotinic acid was being used in dermatology and called up, in British medical journals for use in eczema and dermatitis, the advent of of, of steroid preparations came into into medicine. And the the steroids, uh, cortisone preparations, excellent as they are, uh, took over, and to an extent, uh, glycotinic acid and its useful role as a very, very safe topical application was pushed to one side. Now I discovered the preparation uh, of of uh, the GA cream many many years ago, and I have always used it as an alternative to uh, to steroid preparations, and in my opinion, a much safer preparation. And in the sort of condition that you're talking about, um, eczema on the forehead and in, in, in seborrheic dermatitis, I've had good results with it. And the good thing about it is it's safe. It's got a nice uh, aqueous base. It's not greasy. Uh, and if you hang on, if you hang on, mm-hmm. um, the producer will get your, your name and address. And I will send you from my rooms on Monday a jar of my GA cream free of charge as a gift from the program to see how, you, how your dear mother gets on with it. Oh,
0: thank you very much. Health naturally. For our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, taking your calls. And Don has rung in from New Lambton, and the number he rang was 49216216, and he's got a a question for Dennis.
1: Hello. Uh,
2: Good afternoon, Dennis. Uh, My question is regarding something that um, I have, which is called an essential tremor. Now, I don't know why it has to be essential, because... Sometimes it's much
1: worse than others. Sometimes I don't notice it. Other times it's hopeless. Other times you can't hold a cup
2: of tea. That's the one, (laughs) yes. I'm wondering if
1: you can suggest anything. Look, it's a a more common condition than what you think, and and many people, unfortunately, when they first experience it or see it, uh, think they're developing Parkinson's disease or something like that. It's not that. An essential tremor, for the sake of listeners, is uh, a benign condition where, for reasons we're not sure of, um, the the arm in particular, uh, well, it, it goes. It starts to tremble, and it can become a little bit embarrassing, in as much that sometimes people literally can't hold a cup of tea. Um, there are some some medications that that might help, and I say might help because it's not a, an easy condition to treat um, medically or non-medically. But I'll mention a couple of herbs that over the years have demonstrated some benefit in some of the milder and more chronic conditions of the problem. But what I would say is this. uh, The herbs that I'm going to recommend are very gentle remedies and need to be worked with for a long period of time in order to make an assessment. I'd be looking at something three to six months of using any of the herbs that I'm mentioning to see if they take the edge off this condition. Now, the safer herbs to use, I mean the safer herbs to use because there are some, uh, some herbs which are used for this condition which aren't that safe. For instance, uh, herbs such as belladonna uh, can address this problem, but the side effects of using that herb um, make it very, very problematical. And it's not a herb that can be purchased over the counter. It would need to be prescribed by a pharmacist, um, I prefer to work with gentler remedies over a longer period of time. And the two that I have confidence in as warranting a recommendation would be the American herb called skullcap.
2: Skullcap, yes.
1: And the European herb called passionflower.
2: Passionflower.
1: Now, now you're, oh, you're you're in New Lambton, so yes. both both of those herbs could be uh, purchased in a liquid form. And, com- right. and combined uh, in equal parts in a liquid form, um, and uh, it's not an expensive preparation. Um, that's what I would suggest you do. Probably get the two combined in a in a liquid preparation, taken say in a two mil dose of the combination, over a fairly extensive period of time. All that right. that would be my suggestion. Are you on any other medications, by the way? Uh,
3: yes, I take. Is it? Um, it's not one,
1: Yes, it is. Uh-huh.
2: And, uh, and aspirin.
1: Okay. I cannot see any reason why the two herbs that I've mentioned there would conflict with anything you're taking. And uh, if I were you, I'd give it a go. Uh, as I said, it's not an easy condition to treat, but those two herbs have, over the years, according to my patients, demonstrated some attenuating of the condition. And
2: they're available from you? Uh, yes, uh, at, at, at,
1: th- at 39 Alma Road.
2: Excellent. I'll drop in and see
1: you. Okay. Good on you.
0: Thanks for your call. Donna has rung in from Waratah now. And do remember the number is 49216216. Hello, Donna. Hello. Hello, Donna. Hello.
3: Hi. How I
1: was just
0: help, um
3: you? I was just inquiring. I was listening to um, you speak to a lady with um, a licorice-based GA cream. Oh, I yes. I I heard you say. Yes,
1: yes, yes. I
3: have... Um, I have severe um, discoid lupus subcutaneous, which yeah. means my skin is very inflamed and yes. very um, very raw, very yeah. red, and, and very cracked mm-hmm. and very open.
1: What are you using topically on it presently, Donna?
3: Well, I have used um, quite significantly a lot of um, cortisone creams, mm-hmm. and I have been on potent immunosuppressive therapy. Of course, therapy.
1: I understand.
3: At this moment, I'm um, just uh, medication-free.
1: Okay, uh-huh. but, but you're very uncomfortable?
3: I'm very uncomfortable. Um, I, I, I'm very inflamed. Yes. Very inflamed. I just didn't know whether possibly it may give me um, some...
1: Well, look, well, what I, I, uh, your condition is obviously a very demanding condition. If you've been using immunosuppressant drugs, mm. it indicates the severity of your condition. It would be wrong of me to play down the significance of it and simplify it by mm. saying, oh, this will do that or this. But what I will do... Mm-hmm. What I will do, as I uh, um, said to the lady that rang in regarding the eczema, mm-hmm. I'll make sure that you are sent a jar of the GA cream from my rooms, free of yes. charge. I make no claims for it because this is not a condition that is easily managed as you would appreciate. Thank and you. and uh, your dermatologists and your immunologists yes. would, would appreciate um, my conservativeness on this. Mm-hmm. But I'll send you a jar of the GA cream. Um, it It is not a steroid, but sometimes it can emulate the benefit of a steroid, and I would suggest that you use a patch test on it first mm-hmm. to make sure that it is comfortable. That it,
3: is extreme on my face as well as my hands and, and upper torso predominantly.
1: Well, what I would suggest you do first is use it on, 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 on a limb or on the torso, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not because I expect any reaction, but it's a, it's a better area. Uh, to do a patch test. Um, I very rarely get reactions from it. I'd be keen to see how it went for you. Mm. And
3: and, and I've never presented with um, really any significant reactions to any particular type of cream, so that Mm. is in my favour.
1: That's in your favour. Now, what I would also say is that if you find that it is helpful... Mm-hmm. and your need for it would be long-term, mm-hmm. I will arrange with my, my colleague who manufactures my products, who is a pharmacist, yes. to to prepare the preparation in a larger volume for you, you so that it would be on hand. So I'm interested in what you, you're, you're, you're talking about. This is where I think complementary medicine can sometimes be of great mm-hmm. value in helping people for, for where the, the mainstream approach is, is limited and mm. where you're looking for something. I'd be happy to help.
0: Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre. And we've been talking about the med- medical use of uh, cannabis or marijuana. We're also taking your calls on 49216216. Karen from Terralba has rung in on that number.
3: Hello.
1: Hello. Yes, good afternoon. Hello,
0: Karen. Hi, Dennis. Dennis, um, I'm in my
1: 50s
3: now, and since my early 30s I've had perioral dermatitis. Yes. Um, I haven't seen a dermatologist for a long time, but I remember one of them telling me that um, when I went through menopause the symptoms would settle down, and that seemed like, forever, but it it, it did. But every now and again I get a flare and I've always got a red chin. (laughs) I can't ever seem
1: to get rid of that red chin. Okay, look, um, very quickly, what I would say is that what I've said earlier about the GA cream would be very applicable to your situation, I suspect. Right. Um, You're you're not far from Warners Bay, are you? No, no,
3: I'm
1: not. Go, Go over to Vitology at Warners Bay see the right. staff there, they stock uh-huh. most of my things, and ask, right. for, the, ask for the GA cream. Okay. I think, if you right. were, I think if you were to use that, you've got a good chance of tidying up the condition, keeping in mind that the GA cream, and particularly the constituent in it, known as glycotinic acid, is used just as much cosmetically in Europe as it is therapeutically. So it's a good preparation for the skin generally. But in your case, I think it might do a good job on, on handling that inflammatory red condition on the chin. Yes, because I've always,
3: they've always said to me, don't use anything yeah. on your face, and especially not steroids in my case, Well, I,
1: I, totally, agree. Sure. I, to- I yeah, totally agree yeah. with that. And the good yeah. thing, of course, is that the, the GA cream is not a steroid. It has, a, right. it has a nice aqueous zinc base with a percentage of glycretinic acid, what I suggest you do if you were to purchase it, always do a small patch test first to make sure that uh, you don't experience any reaction. I'd be surprised if you did.
0: Good luck with that. And uh, thank you for your call, Karen. Louisa has rung in from Maryville.
1: Hello, Louisa.
0: Hi, Dennis.
2: Um, it's once it's actually a quite a long story, yes. but i 'll make it as short as possible okay. um after the birth of my uh, second baby yes. um I became quite ill, lethargic and um fatigued, and okay. I got just a basic flu or cold mm-hmm. I it was either one of those, mm-hmm. and my ears uh started playing up nice. uh, discomfort sore painful couldn't lay down um so I'm still uncomfortable at the moment, and it's been just over a year now. I've been, I've had tests, I've seen specialists, and everything's clear. All the tests come back clear, and I'm just wondering if it could it be something in my diet um, that has changed, or?
1: I, I I would think I would think that it'd be unlikely that it would be dietary. Mm. I think if it were dietary, you would have been experiencing the condition. Um, a lot earlier and maybe all your life this thing only asserted itself you say after the Mm. birth of your first child
2: Mm.
1: and you were quite ill after that
2: yes yes it it was quite extreme birth thing experience so yeah
1: and did you subsequently experience a lot of fatigue
2: yes
1: okay look I would interpret along the lines of a chronic fatigue type of condition, Mm. and it's a long shot, but uh, sometimes the use of the Astragalus-8 formula Mm. is very useful in addressing these conditions that have been well investigated, where Mm. no serious pathology can be located, but where a set of symptoms tend to dominate, those symptoms being uh, fatigue, or lethargy and nondescript, irritable types of symptoms that aren't um, that aren't related to any particular disease. So, mm-hmm. if I were you, I'd get hold of the astragalus eight formulation. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a very safe preparation. I had a lot to do in bringing the preparation into Australia about twenty five years ago. It is yeah. available in tablet or liquid form.
2: I uh, have read a bit about it, yeah. so I'm quite a, yeah I'm a little well, bit aware
1: of it. Yeah. I'd be surprised, Louisa. If you didn't do some good with it, you're at Maryville. You'd pick it up from Visionary Health okay, in Hamilton. They're good people there. Um, mention my name, but I would give it a go.
2: Okay. Excellent.
1: See how you go with that. Thanks. Anything
0: is worth a try. Thank I would you think so. so. Good. <laughs> Thanks, Louisa. And uh, we've had another caller coming in, Dennis, who wants to know if there's another product for Skullcap. shaky hands
1: Skullcap and Passion Flower are the two herbs that are called up in the British Herbal Pharmacopeia for convulsive-type conditions. So the American herb, Skullcap, and the European herb, Passionflower.
0: And that's for the essential essential tremor tremor. we're talking Mm. about. Essential tremor. As
1: I said, difficult to treat, but over the years patients have vouched for the fact that the long-term or chronic use of those two herbs have attenuated the condition.
0: Skullcap and passionflower, and actually, it seems that there are more essential tremors than I'd have thought in our society. A lot of more and more, I'm noticing it. I'm a bit worried about you, Jane. Yes, yes. I'm just floating around the studio here, Uh, Dennis. uh, Getting back to cannabis Mm -hmm. or or marijuana, we talked about some of the the uses that it could be put Mm -hmm. to medically. Yes. Um, Are there some abuses that should be kept in mind? Mm
1: I think this is the thing that we need to differentiate. What our discussion has been about today is harnessing the potential benefits of a herb that has a medicinal history that goes back a long way. But we're talking about the medicinal activity of the herb. Just as the abuse of the opium poppy and the use of opioids, morphine and things like that is devastating devastating to us so uh, the how can i call it the abuse of marijuana in my opinion can be devastating also and i have an opinion on this and i'll not elaborate but that opinion is well founded um on on very personal situation but i can vouch for the for the effect that in some people a chronic use of marijuana in my opinion opens the door to two things. Psychotic problems, which could then lead to schizophrenia, and unfortunately also uh, an entrance into other more serious and harder drugs. And so whilst I'm a great fan of using uh, cannabis sativa medically, pharmaceutically, I'm a crusader against the use of it recreationally because I've seen the damage at a very close hand as to what it can do. And I encourage young people, particularly out there, young people particularly, to not just see it as a fun thing, but to see it as something that can bring on the first psychotic episode, which could be the door to a lifelong experience of, 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 of illness.
0: Mm. Um, on health naturally, our last call for the day, I think, it'll be Ron who's rung in from Bonnells Bay. Hello, Ron.
2: Hello, Dennis. How are you going?
0: Uh, well, indeed, Ron.
2: Uh, Grover's disease, uh, Dennis, it's uh, yeah, it's a tough one. It's, a,
1: it's a tough one, isn't
2: it? Yeah, well I've been told, I've been to a few specialists yeah. and I believe there's no cure for it I am applying, I get a certain relief from Aristocort but, Aristocort, uh, yeah
1: Now is it mainly the pruritus or the itch that's concerning you? The itch, yes, okay. yes Well look, I'm going to mention a, a preparation here that's that I had uh, made up particularly for this. It's an old formulation, but I'm a great fan of old formulations, as you've probably mm. picked up. The sure. preparation is called Pusey's Calamine Lotion. P-U-S-S-E-Y-S. P-U-S-E-Y-S. Now, everyone knows what Calamine Lotion is, but Pusey's Calamine Lotion has a very, very small percentage of phenol in it. Mm-hmm. A very small percentage. Now, phenol, in very many medicinal and pharmaceutical preparations, is useful to address pruritic or itch conditions. So uh, Pusey's Calamine Lotion uh, should be capable of being made up by your own pharmacy. Oh, good, good. It's a a preparation that uh, he might raise his eyebrows at because he probably hasn't made it up for ages, but it is there. Um, if you can't always get back to me, uh, my, my my rooms number is four nine five six two three two one. Four so, nine five six five six, six two three two one. Yep. But but also don't overlook Ron, and it might be a better starting base preparations based on 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 pine tar and menthol. Pine tar. Now menthol is a is a considerably underrated antipruritic agent. Now I can speak from personal experience. With that, I occasionally, at this late stage of my life, am reminded that uh, eczema was something that got me into this game, and of late, as my skin's got dry, consistent with my rapidly aging state, I get some itchy patches, and I have found that uh, the old pine tar with menthol is a great preparation for alleviating the itch, and you can get that already in a prepared preparation from your pharmacist. So try those two things.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Give yep. it a go. I will indeed. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, exacerbated more seems in the wintertime. Yes, the uh,
1: skin's drier. see.
2: Yeah, oh, I guess. Oh, okay. So give give uh,
1: that a go. And the good thing about it is, particularly the pine tar and, and menthol preparation, your pharmacist would know of it. I'll not mention brand names, but it's well known and it's very economical. Now, the Pusey's formulation, he might have to get one or two things in to make it up, but I'm sure uh, he'd have no problem in getting the constituents.
2: Oh, well done. That's given, me a, a, that's given me a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. That's, yeah, very good. I'll do that, Dennis.
1: Right, everyone.
0: Thank you for your call, Ron, and uh, do enjoy it. And we're just getting to the end of health naturally. Now, thank you, Dennis Stewart. Now, do you know that you can catch this program again on podcast? How about that? You should listen to yourself sometime. You might learn something. (laughs) And uh, it's good to be able to do that. Go to our website, 2NURFM.com. Health Naturally will return next Friday after the midday news on 2NURFM.